recorded live. Welcome to our Sabbath midday lection from the Orthodox Church of the Colbys. Our <laughs> every Sabbath we do a teaching from our morning service reading from Mark chapter number 2, verses 13 through 22. That is the lection for today, as you can find it on orthodoxchurch.nl. Thank you for coming in today. I pray that this will be a blessing to everyone. And let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So praise Yahweh. I'm uh, pleased and glad to deliver today's lectionary sermon. We are going to have it open for anyone who wants to discuss the kingdom. In the last 15 minutes, we will also take questions from callers. The number to call is area code 724-444-7444. Yes, if you have any questions or comments about the text or just about the kingdom in general, I'll be glad to read your questions as well if you want to post it in the chat room. I'll be glad to also take emails if you are listening to this on download and next week I can read your question during the last 15 minutes of every broadcast, as we are all to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, that would mean things should be a bit fluid as far as that's concerned. And whenever we get together, it should always, our conversation should always become that gospel of the kingdom, that proclamation of his kingdom law governance for the earth. As we not only pray his kingdom come and will be done on earth, but we are told that if we seek first his kingdom, and his righteousness, then all these things will be added unto us. So it is my pleasure to answer any questions you might have during the last 15 minutes. And if you'd like to, you can comment throughout the whole message during uh, or even post your questions. We'll try and catch up with them at the end. But if you hold them to the end or if you call in, again, the number to call is 724 724-444-7444. And you'll need that call ID number, and that is 73940. Again, the call ID number to call. When you call in, you need to put in is 73940. So praise Yahweh. Let's get busy on the reading. Mark chapter 2, verse 13. And he went forth again by the seaside. And the multitude resorted unto him, and he taught them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the receipt of custom, and said unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. And it came to pass that is, Yeshua, Jesus, sat at meat in his house, 
many publicans and sinners sat also together with Yeshua and his disciples. For there were many that followed him. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? When Yeshua heard it, he said unto them, They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Disciples of John and of the Pharisees used to fast and ask, Why did the disciples of John and the Pharisees fast, but thy disciples fast not? Yeshua said unto them, and the children of the bride chamber, the bride chamber fast while the bridegroom is with them. <laughs> as long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and then shall they fast in those days. So let's cover now some of this text at the beginning. Before we get it's in three parts. The first part he had called a tax collector to follow him. Now this is in other gospels as well, although the Gospel of Mark has a little bit different perspective. Each one of the gospels covers it from a different attitude. Uh, you you can cover this in in the, the four temperaments as well as if you understand the four temperaments as it lines up to the four Gospels and to the four faces of the cherubim, the lion, the ox, the man, and the eagle. And Mark, as it lines up, we have a little bit different emphasis on the word uh, publicans and sinners. In the other Gospel, it says uh, that he was a tax collector. And... How, how dare he eat with a tax collector? In Mark, it says publicans and sinners, not only the tax collectors. And so we see you know, a little bit more emotion involved. And yes, it's a very important topic. Okay, there are people who say that we cannot reach out to those who are tax collectors. You can't invite them in. You can't be involved with publicans either, they say. Well, if they repent, you know, if any public servant will repent who is in error, okay, well, what is the reason? Well, they said, well, we're trying to get our kingdom restored. So you're a sinner if you're not trying to restore the kingdom, you know. If you're just out there promoting uh, the Roman government, then you have a problem, you know, that then you're a sinner. It wasn't saying, you know, a publican, like a Republican, for example, okay? <laughs> you know, and a tax collector. They're saying the tax collector is a sinner, right? He's erring because he's following the worldly government, right? Now he said unto them, no, no. Look, it's okay to eat with them because it's not 
the ones who are perfect, the ones who are only are promoting the kingdom, the ones who only want the kingdom of David. You know, it doesn't say we should only hang out with them. It doesn't say, you know, major sins. Okay, we're talking about publicans and tax collectors. He called a tax collector, right? And he got him on board. Right now, if he was doing, they called him right away a sinner in the other gospels just for being a tax collector. So that gives you more of a context. What kind of a tax collector? <laughs> you know, it wasn't just a little thing. We're talking about because he was promoting the occupational government. Now, a lot of people are gonna have an issue with this, but it is a biblical truth that only a, the only authorities that are ordained of God are the ones who are of God. Now, it, that doesn't mean all the ones are of God. Just because they conquer a, a nation, you can have a corrupt government. Now, does everybody think that, for example, the Adolf Hitler and Nazi government was ordained of God? Because then you would have to say, you know, then that was, they should obey them, right? Because everybody likes to quote that verse to obey the authorities. The, the world, the, but it says, it clarifies it, the authorities that are ordained of God. It doesn't mean that just anyone who can get into the government is ordained of God. There's a man who was born in Kenya and wrote a book, his very first book, said that he's born in Kenya. When he became senator, all the major news said that he was the first Kenyan-born senator. He goes on and on and on, bragging about being born in Kenya. Okay, it's on the book cover of his very first book, written in the 1990s, saying he was born in Kenya. And then all of a sudden, and in 2004, he's called the first Kenyan-born senator in major news, and then all of a sudden his whole his whole story has become oh uh, there was a newspaper clipping you know that shows that oh, I was born you know in the United States because someone got on the telephone and said he was born there so they they reported his birth a loophole. All the illegals were doing that, and people got deported for doing that. Because even a Hawaiian didn't even qualify to be a U.S. citizen even years after Obama was born. Even if both parents, well, one parent was born there, it wasn't enough. Uh, you, Hawaii came later on as a state, and there's a little bit harder regulations to become a citizen. A natural-born citizen is different. That means both parents are born. Both parents are citizens. Well, if only one was a citizen and born abroad, you know, you, or even if born local, it still it wasn't enough. People have been deported even years after he was born, okay, because the law says you can't be a citizen at all. Not only a, a government definition of natural born. So anyone can get in there and usurp and lie and get in, into the fake news and try and control and occupy. That doesn't mean that they're the authority, but 
what it could mean is that there is a empire or a uh, foreign occupational force and most of the time it's in the scriptures that you are especially when it's still connected to the empire that is ruling you're not really supposed to resist them a hundred percent I mean if it's only an empire that year that has been ongoing and you can show a trace of it they haven't been following the Constitution for example for a long time and that is the new regime and it's been that regime for a long time the last 100 years then you know you have no reason to to do an uprising okay so I'll just put all that to rest by saying that but it is overall not God's intention for his covenant people we have to pray as it has gotten much worse and it is getting clear that this empire is dying you know, but in the in the interim while the empire still lives in we have to do like they did in Babylonian captivity and just pray for the peace of your city and build houses and multiply children that's what God gave as a commandment and what else there are many other scriptures you can get into. Some people would say, well, don't even promote the Constitution at all. Well, I'm saying that, look, at least that is the true government that I will. You know, if they say that that's what they're following, we can at least go together with that and let that be our stance. It is the covenants of our fathers. Uh, the covenant of our father and, and every single contract should be honored. So whether or not it's you know a great uh, true nation under God or, or however that equates, still it's talking about a contract, and you have to honor your contracts. If you're an Israelite, you have to honor it. The union that it's talking about, perfecting a union, well before. That was drafted. The only union that was called a perpetual union or perpetual confederation. And the Articles of Perpetual Confederation for 350 years says that the union has one aim, and it says the advancement of the kingdom of Jesus Christ and maintaining the purity of the gospel. So that's the only union that existed. And if you want to be in God's kingdom, <laughs> You're going to promote that only union, of course. Now, when it says perfecting the union, that's the current contract. Now, that one, I think, failed, and it's not a good contract, but it's still it's a contract that we all have to follow uh, because our government and nation has been covenanted to it. But, you know, right now, the current regime has been against it. So it fails on its own because if it's breaking it, it will go down. Um, it cannot stand. House divided cannot stand. So eventually it's it will just completely implode. The legal basis of the current government is the only union. What it just says is our one aim is the advancement of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. So as soon as that's gone, you don't have even a legal basis of that union that is to be perfected. That answers a question that also came in this week. 
had a brother uh, ask, um, you know, he's a firm believer in that uh, the only authorities ordained of God are the ones that, those ones that are ordained of God are the ones we truly are commanded to follow. And he asked if I thought that the current government was legitimate. So I think that that's answering that well. Um, we should follow our covenant. If you sign a, a ticket that says you're going to pay for speeding, the policeman gives you a ticket and you sign it, right? All right. You just made your contract with it. Now, if we Christians are doing so good that we can become a benefit to more people, then okay, we have more government. But it doesn't come through cursing and so forth. I really believe that it will come through benefiting the rest of the people, that the Christians will have such abundance that it will bless the rest of the people. As long as we can do, like it says, Moses... And tried and, and fought for the people that he can be come out they could come out of Egypt so that they can worship God. That was the liberty. And we also need that liberty to be able to worship God. But we're really looking forward to seeing that expand because God said we will become a church that's without spot or wrinkle. Wicked will be rooted out and the righteous will remain. Mainly, we could ask our politicians to repent and come back to the original union. Is very good. Okay. Not to try and perfect it in some way that's screwed up. That's what we all should be doing. That is how I give legitimacy to people in the government. Okay. Um, they say we the people also would be Referring to the descendants, talks about their progeny of those families, those people, the people who were there. Okay? And later, and throughout the, the laws, it says free white, free, um, white citizens. And there's, that is the, the most major point that keeps us out of all the new corporate government which is not related to the constitutional government. There's now two ongoing and that people are sometimes operating in one and sometimes operating in the other. But the laws that have to do with the 13th Amendment and so forth, it all was to embed people into corporate government. Uh, we don't have to, you know, it's called freedom of association. We do have freedom to associate however we want. And that's how it's great. We can benefit our communities in new ways. We can be innovative. We, we can just promote the God of Israel, his laws, his goodness. And people will see his goodness. It says God is going to magnify his law and make it honorable. That's what's going on. 
And as we are promoting his law, we will bring blessing and prosperity to the people and the areas around us. So, let's continue on. Next part. Well, let's just pray always that the, the people, the publicans, will come to repentance. That's what it says in, in conclusion, that calls not the sinners, but not the righteous to repentance, of course, but the sinners. Barthas, disciples of John, Pharisees, used to fast. Pharisees are asking, why don't your disciples fast? <laughs> well, he brings up a good point that while well, he's there, they're going to be so happy with him. It's a big party, really. I mean, you don't fast at a party, do you? Bride, the husband. You know, have you ever been at a, a bachelor's party? Okay. It's really just a celebration time up until the marriage. He's with them. They're happy he's there, of course. They're not going to be fasting. Um, of course, we should be in sackcloth and mourning and so forth while he's not with us. That's why so many fasts have come up in the Orthodox Church. Now, we fast for him to come back. But the days will come, and the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and they shall fast in those days. Always continues. On and on, the church does need to fast. We do need to be sober and fast. We have to pray, and a lot of people couldn't even be healed without much praying and fasting. Now the last part. No man soweth a new piece, or I'm sorry, soweth a piece of new cloth on an old garment. Else the piece that is filled taketh away from the old, and the rent is made worse. Okay? When you're sewing a patch onto a garment that's old, you have to use worn out, you know, washed material, right? Or otherwise, you're going to, it will shrink, right? And it will rip it even worse. So, and he continues on, and he says, No man puts new wine into old bottles. Else the new wine doth burst the bottles, and the wine is spilled. And the bottles will be marred, but the new wine must be put into new bottles. Always you have to use new bottles. You don't use an old, worn-out bottle. There's... Often we need to adjust. Israelites, the cloud would move, okay? And if you were staying and doing things the old way and using old, the you know, staying where you were, you were going to get burned by the desert sun, right? You'd be destroyed. So you had to move along. Also the rock you know, where the water flowed that Moses brought before them. And every day... Water flowed from the rock. Okay. So, if you didn't follow that, you'd have no water, no shade. Well, 
that's another way of explaining that we have to follow him and do new things, bring new ways, okay? That doesn't mean we get rid of, you know, we're using the same type of leather for the bottle, and we're using the same type of wine. It's just new wine, and it's just need new bottles. Same concepts, same points, nothing new, right? We're not making any new laws or anything. What we're saying is, you know, the terminology they used 50 years ago is illegal, a lot of the words, you know, for example. You can't say half the things that they considered moral and good. Now, today, it's considered offensive. So we just use slightly different terminology. And we get along on the same point or even better explanation in a more effective way. Praise Yahweh. So, I think there are a lot of folks following old tactics that maybe they would have worked 50 years ago. Okay? But they are inappropriate. It doesn't mean that they're wrong. It's just inappropriate for now. You know, Hillary Clinton could go and kiss the Clan leader Robert Byrd and call him her greatest mentor, and no one will say a word against her because she knew how, what words to say, what were appropriate at the moment. Um, that's one example. We have to always look at that. We don't want to destroy the whole thing because we just use lightly different political-type charged words, you know. We should look at what is effective to the goals that we have, not get hung up on too much on not tradition, you know. This is just talking about mechanics, right? Tradition is good, but the mechanics, you know, you might need to also work with Republicans, and you might have to work with the tax collectors and the sinners. We should always look at what we can do and what's appropriate at the time. And God will help us. We'll do well with it. Now, I'm going to open up this uh, time uh, if anyone is calling in or has any questions for us in the chat room. I'm looking in there and we're a little bit earlier today and there's not so much activity in the chat room so we'll just call it a uh, day and I pray that this uh, lectionary sermon was a blessing to you and I hope you have a blessed continuation of the Sabbath and the Sunday and great week with our Heavenly Father Son and the help of the Holy Spirit take care